and welcome to the So Novel Podcast. I'm your host Jess and in this fortnightly podcast I will be chatting all things books as well as interviews with authors, publishers and bookstagrammers. So whether you're looking for your next read or you want to know the story behind the story then this is the podcast for you. Hello everyone and welcome again. We are up to part three of three for the top reads of 2021. So to take us out, I have some more of my fave bookstagrammers who are going to take the floor and discuss their top reads of the year. I really hope you have enjoyed this series and I would love to hear from you if you have listened all the way through and tell me what you think. So thank you for tuning in and I will hand it over to them. Hello. Um, wow, this is very exciting. I've never been in a podcast before. Um, this is Sarah from Sarah's Book Chat. Um, I was approached by Jess from the So Novel podcast a little while ago now and asked to be part of her top three of 2021 podcast series where she's approached a number of people and asked them to pick their top three. Um, I was so excited to be part of it. I saw it last year and was super jealous I wasn't involved, so that this is very exciting for me. Um, then I got very stressed because how on earth do you narrow it down to just three? I've read um, 115 books so far this year um, and have many plans for the rest of the year. Um, so I narrowed it down to about 12 and then I got it down to seven. Um, and then of these seven, I'm going to pick the ones that pretty much when I look at them, I have a feeling in my heart, which I know sounds crazy, but I know um, all you book lovers will completely understand. So the first one um, is Still Life. Um, Sarah Winman is one of my favourite authors. I've read every book that she's bought out and absolutely loved all of them. Um, but still life this year is just, it had absolutely everything that I love in a book and love in a story. It, um, you know, characters that you fall in love with relationships, it makes you cry. Um, to me, if a book doesn't make me cry, then I'm not fully invested. Um, it just had everything. So I absolutely adored that story. Those of you that have read it will understand when I say Cressy and Ulysses are just the best um, my second one is going to be probably on everybody's list, um, but of course, Love Stories by Trent Dalton. How can you not love this book? It is just story after story after story. I think I cried by page nine. I was already tearing up. Um, I love love and I love reading about love and I love and all the different types of love and Trent is just incredible and has such a way with words. Um, and lastly, I'm going to go with The Death of Vivek Oji. Um, again, it made me cry. It made me feel things. Um, Vivek will live in my heart rent-free for absolutely forever. It's the most beautiful story. Um, Akwaiki Amizi. I'm not quite sure if I pronounced their name correctly, but absolutely amazing author and just the most beautiful story, heartbreaking, crushing. Um, 
Yeah, but I really, really enjoyed it and I thought the writing was just beautiful. So many phrases you just read over and over and over again and just wonderful. So thanks, Jess. Thanks for allowing me to be part of this and I'm looking forward to hearing what everybody else's top three are. Thanks. Bye. Hi, my name's Camilla from An Open Bookshelf and Jess has so kindly invited me on to speak about my top three books of 2021. And having read so many fantastic books this year, it's been a really tough task to try and narrow it down to just three, but um, this is what I've decided on for today. Um, I've read quite a few short story collections this year, but an absolute standout for me has been um, Born Into This by Adam Thompson. It's a really powerful collection um, exploring Aboriginal identity, um, family, culture, country. Um, and I think what I found most impressive about it was that it, the stories themselves are relatively short, yet Adam Thompson's able to, I guess, write about really complex themes and create really strong characters within just a few pages. Um, the writing itself is just outstanding. And it's one of those rare collections where I absolutely loved every story um, within it. And they also just left me having to kind of really sit and unpack um, each of them. Yeah, it's a really fantastic collection. Um, another book that I've loved this year has been Henry Hamlet's Heart by Rhiannon Wilde. Um, it's actually an YA book, which isn't a genre I typically read too much of, but I'll occasionally come across one which I just really resonate with and um, become really nostalgic towards. And that was absolutely the case with Henry Hamlet's Heart. Um, the story itself follows Henry through his final year of high school and kind of these awkward encounters with love. Um, and he's just the kind of character that overthinks everything. And I think I could just really relate to kind of, I guess, that life stage, um, that he was going through. Um, it's also just a really funny, really heartwarming book and probably the most enjoyable book that I've read this year. I really, really loved it. Um, and my favorite book this year was Sorrow and Bliss by Meg Mason. Um, I think I just didn't expect to, um, feel as emotionally connected or resonate with this book as much as I did. It's a um, story revolving around mental health um, and the protagonist, Martha, her relationships with her husband, with her sister, with her family, um, and I guess the influence that kind of her mental health has on, on these relationships. Um, just really, again, impressed by the way that Meg Mason's able to write really complex relationships um, and also this quality that she has to balance the light with the dark. Um, so obviously it's a story that covers quite heavy subject matter, yet she brings a light with this, um, with kind of the wittiness of her writing and how kind of the humour in her, in her writing and, and dialogue. And I really love that about it. Um, so if you haven't yet read that one, I would so highly recommend. I really, really love that book. Um, so that is all from me. Um, thank you so much again, Jess, for inviting me on and for everyone listening. Hope you have a really happy holiday season and a lovely new year. Hey, book lovers, it's Beck from Beck's Bookshelf. This was such a weird year and I found it quite hard to actually narrow down my top choices, but we did it and here we are. Number one was A Court of Silver Flames by Sarah J. Mass. I read this book twice in the space of a month. The first time I actually devoured it and the second time I savoured every page. If you haven't read it already, please read the Akatar series. You won't be disappointed. Below Deck by Sophie Hardcastle is a book that's set on my shelf for longer than I'd care to admit. Poor Jess loves it and I wish I'd listened to her sooner, but when I finally got there, it was well worth the wait. 
I will say that this book's probably not for everybody. If you liked The Morbids or the A Lonely Girl is a Dangerous Place, this one's definitely for you. My third choice is one that I absolutely adored called Henry Hamlet's Heart by Rhiannon Wobb. Henry has my damn heart. This book was such a pleasant surprise. It was so close to home and full of references from my youth. And above all, it embodied 2000 emo. I can't wait to get my hands on Rhiannon's next novel and see what she comes out with next. For 2022, I'm so excited to read Reminders of Him by Colleen Hoover, Book Lovers by Emily Henry, and House of Breath and Sky by Sarah J Mass. I hope you all have a safe and happy holidays. I can't wait to catch up with more of you in 2022 and for lots more buddy reads. Hi, I'm Mel from The Reading Affair. Thank you, Jess, for inviting me to share my top three reads of the year. Before I begin, can I sneakily add two honourable mentions? Firstly, Anita Heiss's Billa Yara Dungalare and Dolly Alderton Ghosts. Both of these completely took me by surprise and I highly recommend them. Okay, so now onto the big winners. A Million Things by Emily Spur comes in at number three for me. Told from the raw and innocent perspective of 10-year-old Ray, Spur has created a beautiful story of resilience and hope. It begins with the mysterious absence of her mother and reveals Ray's fears, experiences of loneliness and the struggle to conceal her secrets. Such a heart-wrenching read and an impressive debut. Be ready to get out the tissues. Paper Palace by Miranda Cowley. Hella takes out second place. Set against the backdrop of Cape Cod, it follows the 50-year story of Elle within a 24-hour time frame. In the opening pages, she has just returned from a night of passion with a man who is not her husband. This leads to the unravelling of the traumas and hardships of her past and a questioning of what her life has become. The pace, structure and detail of this book was captivating. The ending was just perfect and has provoked great discussion amongst those who have read it. Definite roller coaster ride. My top read of the year goes to 100 Days by Alice Pung. Reading this was an intense and immersive experience. When 16-year-old Karuna becomes pregnant, her already fractured relationship with her mother is taken to the next level. The battle for power and freedom and the desire for love and happiness is in constant conflict with the reality of Karuna's grief and loneliness. This was confronting but fierce. I loved reading every word. Just sensational and without a doubt, my favourite read of 2021. Hi everyone, it is Michelle from Books by My Bed and I'm happy to share with you my top three books of 2021. What a fantastic year it's been for reading with so many amazing books released this year. My number three book for 2021 is The Paper Palace by Miranda Crowley Heller. If you enjoyed The Crawdads, then I think that you would love this one too. I was consumed by this book the writing was so clever, so poetic, and just painted a beautiful picture in the pages. It was a debut novel and one that I thoroughly enjoyed. My second favourite book for 2021 was The Last Woman in the World by Inga Simpson. This is an environmental thriller and it had me gripped from start to finish. This book was unlike any I had read before. It was written on the back of the bushfires that ravaged the east coast of Australia in late 2019 and early 2020 and followed by the pandemic that brought the world to a standstill. 
This book explores another event that decimates the world. But the question is, is this a result of ongoing human abuse of our natural environment? This book is a book for now. It will have you questioning the footprint of humans on this great place we call home in Australia and what the future holds for humankind on this planet. Absolutely amazing. I urge you to read that one. It is just going to blow your mind. My very favourite book for 2021, and it was so hard to pick just one, but it was Happy Hour by Jackie Byron. I'm not sure why this book filled me with such joy. I think it was Franny's love for Frank. I think it was the fact that she loved Tanqueray gin and a good gin and tonic every day, just like me. I think it was the fact that she was just so eccentric. Franny was an absolute cracker of a character. And just like Billy Connolly, who said he never wanted to live his life in beige, Franny is proof that life is best lived in colour. My heart broke many times throughout this book. There were so many beautiful and poignant moments, but it is a 10 out of 10, and I devoured it like a bottle of Tanqueray on a long weekend. I'd like to wish you all a safe and happy holiday season, happy reading, and I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out in 2022. Hey friends, Kat here from Bedside Bookshelf. Thank you, Jess, for asking me to share my top three reads for 2021 with everyone. Firstly, though, three. That's a bit steep, I'd say. How the heck does one pick only three after a year of reading like we've all had? But we'll give it a crack in no particular order, starting off with A Little Life. Um, I know not many of us see eye to eye on this one, but I love this book. I think it's like nothing I've ever read before. It's so raw and emotional. It takes you on such a roller coaster. I loved it. I really loved every page. It is a marathon though, not a sprint. So I would encourage you to read it slowly um, and just devour it at your own pace and not rush through it. It's not an easy read. There's a lot of trigger warnings, but I loved it. Uh, Keep the tissues close. It will break your heart in places, but it puts it back together funnily enough by the end. So I would definitely recommend that one. Next up is The Love Hypothesis, uh, receiving all the rave and the hype on Bookstagram and TikTok, and rightly so. I love this book. It, it's feminist, it's spoony, it's fun, it's it's the perfect romance. I Yeah, it's a great book, a really fun read, something like I've never read before when it comes to romance books, um, so I would recommend it easily any day of the week. I would also sneakily recommend pairing it with It Happened One Summer because It's also a great summer read and I know I'm only meant to say three books, but I'm sneaking in a fourth there. So I'm sorry, Jess, but it's done now. (laughs) Um, And finally, my final book is It's Been a Pleasure, Noni Blake. I know that's a 2020 release, but I read it in Feb this year and I still bang on about it till this day. Noni's a great character. She's funny. She's real. She's raw. You can learn so much from her. Um, just the way she goes about life and, and just her learnings are really incredible. And I loved every page. It kept me entertained from start to finish and it did make me want to have my own Viking. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. So pick it up. Thank me for it later. Read it. Love it. Talk to me about it when you finish. I I have endless love for Noni Blake. So yeah, they're my top three, um, 
I wish everyone a safe and happy holidays. I hope everyone gets the chance to recharge their batteries after another crazy, crazy year. One we didn't think we were going to have again. But yeah, looking forward to reading heaps of great books together in 2022. Love yous. Take care. Bye. Hey guys, this is Selena from Check Your Shelf here to talk to you about my favourite reads of 2021. Now, I have to kick things off with one of the most fun reads of the year. After finding herself in a life rut, Noni sets out to put herself and her own pleasure first. Tired of sidelining her own needs and wants, she packs her bags and heads to Europe for a six-month romp starting in London. And so begins It's Been a Pleasure, Noni Blake. I heard just about every guest rave about this book in their 2020 So Novel podcast yearly wraps last year, and I'm so glad I picked it up as it ended up being one of my favourites this year. If you haven't read it, do yourself a favour and grab a copy. Moving on, in the summer of 1969, an up-and-coming singer and her band are tapped on the shoulder to cover for rising star and resident heartthrob Jessie Reed. Jane Quinn and the Breakers step out onto the main stage and it's then that a star is born. Well, almost. As Jessie and Jane get closer, she must make the ultimate decision. Will she choose love or music? Songs in Ursa Major takes us back to the glamour of the 60s and 70s. It's a fun, summary read which explores some deeper themes like addiction, obsession and self-worth. Perfect for the holidays. Okay, changing up gears a little, in Local Woman Missing, Mary Kubica takes us on a wild ride that just does not let up until the last chapter. In a suburban neighbourhood, a local woman goes missing. A few weeks later, Meredith also vanishes, along with her six-year-old daughter, Delilah. Eleven years on, Delilah is back, but does she have her own secrets? And what really happened all those years ago? This is a dual timeline domestic thriller that crashes together in the end, and I really mean crashes. It's a compulsive read that'll have you up turning the pages long into the night. Before You Knew My Name tells the story of Alice Lee, who arrives in New York City with nothing but a couple of hundred bucks in her back pocket and a stolen camera to her name. She dreams of making it big, but a week later, she's the latest Jane Doe in a city that becomes obsessed with her story. Around the same time, Ruby Jones arrives in New York looking for new beginnings. Instead, she finds the dead body of Alice Lee and becomes inexplicably drawn to her. This is a profoundly moving and haunting story of what could have been before life was violently cut short. So on that cheery note, happy holidays and happy reading. I can't wait to see what everyone else recommends on this episode and I'll catch you all on the gram. Hi everyone, it's Jamie Love here from at Mr Love's Bookshelf on Instagram. I am a dad and a husband. I'm a teacher, I read, I make lunch boxes, and somewhere in between my very busy life, I find time to rescue wildlife as well. Uh, Jess asked me to jump on today and share my top three books for 2021. And when she did ask me to do that, I found this very, very difficult. If you're not a follower of mine on Instagram, I tend to review a lot of children's books because that's really what I do all day at school, refer to rich children's literature. Um, and then, of course, when I'm at home, I read picture story books to my kids. So uh, my page predominantly features a lot of kids' books, but I also review adult books as well. Uh, but for all you adults there listening, 
just remember that you're never too old to enjoy a really good picture storybook. So that's where I'm going to start off with today. Um, my first book that I'm choosing to highlight for 2021 is What Do You Celebrate by Ashley Barton and Martina Hyduckzek. Now, I do hope I have uh, pronounced her last name correctly, and if not, I do apologise. This is the third book of an amazing series that celebrates families, cultures, traditions, different countries from all around the world. And that's absolutely what I love about it. It is so inclusive. It really celebrates love, family, the importance of culture and celebrating and just being inclusive of everybody all around us, regardless of what country we come from or where in the world we choose to live. This book in particular celebrates um, all the different celebrations around the world, whether that be Christmas, New Year's Eve, uh, birthdays, Hanukkah, or any other traditional celebrations that might be um, very important to that nationality or that that culture. So um, that is a really great book that I love to share with my students and also with my own children. The second book that I'm going to uh, highlight for 2021 is The Deep by Kyle Perry. Now, if you are a follower of mine, you will know that I went, I was raving about this book and I was so excited. Kyle's first book, The Bluffs, was absolutely fantastic. He's an Aussie writer from Tassie uh, who writes really, really emotionally driven characters who are very unpredictable. Uh, quite irrational at times. Um, you can either love them or loathe them. It's uh, They're both books, but this one in particular, The Deep, is full of twists and turns and keeps you guessing. And I really love that about a book. I, I, I like to try and outsmart a book, but when the book just has me completely flawed and I'm thinking to myself, I have no idea where this is going or what's going to happen next. That's when I know I found a really good book. And this book does that. In fact, both of Kyle's books do that. And of course, I love to support an Aussie author. So uh, check that one out, The Deep. The final book that I'm going to share with you is Back After the Break by Osher Ginsberg. Now, this one was released a couple of years ago, but I picked it up after it was recommended to me this year. It's really about Osher's story, his story of life, love, living with mental illness, his drug and alcohol addictions, and some of the issues that came from all of those things, um, all of those experiences that he had as a child, as he grew up, as he developed and pursued his career in radio and TV. Um, it's a really, really great book, um, and I'm reading it at the moment. I haven't finished it yet, so I can't say that um, it's like a five star or anything like that because I haven't finished it. But from what I'm reading so far, it's really, really great. And I'm really, really enjoying it. And the first few chapters, if you're anything like me, will just have you going, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you are sharing this with the world in print. Like so, so brave. Um, so that one there was back after the break by Osher Ginsberg. So they are my three uh, choices for 2021. I hope you all have a fantastic year in 2022. Thank you so much, Jess, for inviting me onto the podcast and sharing my top three books for the year. Um, and if you do happen to read any of them, please hit me up on Instagram and let's chat about them. All right. Thanks, guys. Hi, this is Chris from Hide and Go Read. Um, and my top three books of 2021. Oh my gosh. Really, really hard to choose to narrow it down to just three. I have read some pretty amazing books this year. In December alone, all the rom-coms I've been reading, just some of them are fantastic. I do know, definitely, 100%, Trent Dalton's love stories. Oh, 
that book. If you haven't read it, you need to pick it up. It's just love, 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 love um, in all its forms. I, I, I cried I, in ev- after every single story. It was just fantastic, non-fiction. Um, and the other one that I cannot stop talking about that I recommend everybody to read um, is Work, Love, Body. It's a book by Future Women, edited by Helen McCabe and Jamila Rizvi. Essays by Jane Gilmore, um, Centilla Chingapi and Emily Brooks. Another non-fiction, absolutely mind-blowing book. Um, it's basically a book about the female experience during COVID. Um, for me, it, it, it definitely struck a chord because my, my workload as a mother just blew up over COVID, you know, working from home um, with a child, um, juggling all that, balancing all that. Yeah, so I, I think everybody needs to read this book. The other book is um, Life's Too Short by Abby Jimenez. Uh, Rom-com, absolutely fantastic. Had me laughing, had me swooning, had me, you know, feeling all the romance feels I'm supposed to be feeling. It was um, it was great. Um, at the same time, shedding some light on um, ALS. So that was fantastic. Look, I know I'm supposed to stop at three, but I am going to sneak in one more and it's another non-fiction by Eleanor Cleghorn, Unwell Women. Absolutely fantastic. Every single person needs to read this book. Um, I think that's it for me. Hey, everyone. A place in the sun here, or Naomi, as my real name is. Thanks to Jess for asking me to uh, be a part of this podcast. Apologies about my voice, but uh, this is as good as it gets due to some recent surgery. My top three books for 2021... Can I start by saying that I'm really thankful Jess didn't ask me to uh, nominate one book. I find that particularly difficult, given all the books I get to read. And I generally revert to saying whatever Michael Connolly book's been released, uh, because I'm a bit of a Michael Connolly tragic, and it's pretty much expected that I love the books he writes. Uh, I won't do that here, though. Without further ado, my top three fiction reads uh, for this year are... One, The Inheritance by Gabrielle Bergmoser. This is the second in a series after The Hunted, uh, but you have to read these books to believe them. It features a strong female protagonist with a dark past, some gratuitous violence and a whole lot of action. There's a tick in the Aussie author box and The Hunted actually being made into a motion picture, which I can't wait to see. The second book is Wild Place, by Christian White of the Nowhere Child and Wife and the Widow fame. It's set in Melbourne in the 90s and it's about a missing teenager. There's plenty of neighbourhood scuttlebutt, rumours of satanic cults. With White's books, you just never know really what's around the corner. And with this one, I didn't. Again, a big tick for that Aussie author box. Number three is With You Forever by Chloe Lieso. Hope I'm saying that right. At this point, I guess I'm asking who am I as as no one actually gets murdered in this book. Sorry if that's a spoiler. I discovered Leace's books via Net Gully 
And whilst this is well and truly into the Bergamon Brothers series, it's a there's a lot to like about it. Liesa's books tend to feature neurotypical characters and her mantra is, everyone deserves a love story, which I'm totally down for. This one has Axel, who lives with autism, and Rooney has a chronic health issue. There's steam aplenty, and this one motivated me to read the rest of the series, as well as Liesa's Christmas novella, The Mistletoe Motive. Well, now I've managed to extend my top three to probably four or five. Um, I'm not really sorry, uh, but that's how I roll. Wishing everybody a safe, healthy and happy Christmas. Be sure to check out all of the fabulous bookstagrammers that Jess is featuring. Come and say hello. Introduce yourself if you haven't already and send us some love and we'll be sure to respond. Thanks, folks. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. You can subscribe and leave me a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or find me on Instagram at So Novel Podcast. Thanks for listening and until next time, happy reading. Happy reading.